Hello, this is Thelma again from Brokenness to Wholeness. From Brokenness to Wholeness is a faith-based outreach transformational radical root ministry. We serve those of sexual violence, domestic violence, private pain, secret pain, grief, trauma. And we also serve those who are having problem in their relationship. I want to share something with you on today. I want to leave this encouragement words with you. This is what you might think of saying every day that you rise. I say it myself, not every day, but I say it. And this is what it is. Lord, Help me to believe the truth about myself, no matter how beautiful it is. It seems like we can believe the truth about everyone else, but we have a problem believing the truth about ourselves. I'm going to share a couple of testimonies with you. In From Brokenness to Wholeness, we had a prayer line going once. We don't have it now. For six and one half years. And God did. Immaculous. Things. Miraculous. Things on that prayer line. In particular. One of them I remember. That there were a mother that came on the prayer line. And she had not. Her son had been missing for 30 years. She said when he was 17 years old. He walked away from home. And at the time that she told us, he was 47 years old. She says that she did not believe that he was deceased because she believed that as a mother that she would feel something within herself if he was deceased. So she didn't believe he was deceased. So the Lord blessed her. She was one of the members of From Brokenness to Wholeness that the Lord had made a whole from the rape that she suffered and the abandonment uh, by her mother she suffered also. So she believed God would bring her son home one day. She said, now what she did believe is that he was in jail. She said, but he says that he wasn't in jail. So one day, out of the clear blue, she came on the line for prayer that morning. We came at 6 o'clock Central Time every morning. And we would share testimonies sometime. And that particular morning she came on, she said, you all guess what? I said, what? She said, I heard from my son. I said, you heard from your son? And she said, Yes. Because she lived in uh, in the Miami, Orlando, Florida area. So when he showed up, he found one of the family members, and they had her phone number. She says he called on the phone. She answered the phone. And he says, hey, mama. And she said, hey, boy, where you been? And I don't, he told her he was somewhere in Washington working. She said, I don't believe he was working. 
She said, I believe that he was in jail. So they met up with one another that day or the next day. And they had such a, a, a rewarding time for a mother. You just think about that you haven't seen your son or your child, period, in 30 years. So I thank the Lord for that that miracle there. And then we had another mother that got in touch me, with me one day. She said, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. She said, we have three sons. My husband and I have three sons. But you've only seen two. And I said, okay. She said, I've got another son. He's my middle son. She said, and I haven't heard from him in six years. I said, six years? She said, no, ma'am, we hadn't heard from him in six years. So one day she started going through her messenger after she told me that. She started going through her messenger. And uh, she said there were, and it was like in the spring or summer sometime, maybe in June. She said there was a message that was left there in December, the year before, where her son had called her. She said, but she never go in her messages because there'd be so much junk in there. So she never go in there. And the message was for her, from her son. So she tried to reach him at the number, but she couldn't. But somehow, she said there was another number in there, and she called that number. That person, I think, had tried to reach her about her son. So she called him, and he knew her son. And uh, he said that he hadn't seen him in a while. said the last time that he saw him, you know, he didn't look so good. So he was working at first. He remembered that. But he didn't look so good. He said he think that he was on drugs or something. But he hadn't seen him in a while. But she, he did give her some information where she could track that information down and found out that her son didn't live far from her in Tennessee. He, she lives in Mississippi, South Haven, and he was in Bartlett, Tennessee. They was a good 30 minutes apart or 35 minutes apart. He was there at this place where they take people in that doesn't have anywhere to live. He was there. He was running that place. He had a job. And he had a car. And he doing just fine. Just a few minutes apart and had been there. Had been there like a couple of years. And just a few minutes apart, God heard our prayers when we reached out for him. He heard my prayer when he, we reached out for him, and God brought them together just like that. And I'm so thankful to God for being so good to his people. And there are so many testimonies. I remember one testimony, and this is going to be the last one on this podcast. One testimony is about five years ago. There were a group of people that I knew, a family of people that I knew, and they had a little cousin in the family. And this cousin had been pregnant four times. And every time she got pregnant, she would lose the baby. She'd lose the baby between six months old and seven months old. 
uh, she would always lose that baby because it was either her or it was the baby. She would start hemorrhaging, and they had to make a decision. So she would always let it be the baby. But she got and all of them was boys. Those those were pregnancy was boys. So she got pregnant again. They sent her to me, and I talked with her and listened to what she had to say. And then I prayed a prayer for the baby. And I prayed specifically what God, what we wanted God to do. I told God about the situation as if he did not know. And he knew. And I asked him specifically, will you go in there, give the doctor the knowledge, the wisdom, to go in there and hold that baby in there, do something to hold that baby in there until the mother can go into the seventh month. I said, once she get in the seventh month, they call that a full-term baby. I said, the doctor would be able to go in and get the baby out. And you know what? The same thing started. She started hemorrhaging again at that seventh month. And the doctor went in there and put some kind of device. I don't know why they didn't put it before this child. And put some kind of device in there to hold that baby there until she made it into the seventh month. As soon as she made it into the seventh month, they went in there and they got that baby out of there. And the mother's all right. And the baby had to stay in the hospital a little over two months. And finally, they could bring him home. His name is Derek. And right now, he's going on six years old. And the mother was so happy that the Lord would do something like that uh, for her. She got pregnant again after that. That was another boy. And she didn't call me in that time. So that baby is going on three. And that baby still, still, still very ill until today with all kind of tubes. She should have done the same thing she did before when she called me in. Because God knows that he has certain gifts and people. He knows what he wants to do. But I wanted to share those testimonies with you all. Hoping that you would find help from some of them. There will be more testimonies coming. Continue to listen to the podcast from Brokenness to Wholeness. And reach out to us on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm on um, Instagram also. Uh, let me say this. <coughs> Excuse me. You may want to donate to From Brokenness to Wholeness. And serving those victims of sexual and domestic violence, we find out that they have a need for some things sometimes. Sometimes those in uh, domestic violence have to get out real quick. They have to get out real quick before they get destroyed. In other words, before they get killed. But we are accepting donation. You'll only just go to uh, paypal.com from brokenness to wholeness. You can pay with 501 Compliance, 501c3 compliance. You get credit for it through the IRS. You get your receipt. I believe you can get your receipt right there if you consider doing that. Let me pray a prayer for you before I end this uh, podcast, hoping that the Lord will bless you and keep you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this podcast. Podcast in the name of Jesus. Thank you for those that are listening. 
those things that they need taken care of in their life that is so important to them, please bless them in those areas. Let them know that from brokenness to wholeness is real. If they don't need the services, maybe somebody else needs it. That they will call or reach out through us through Messenger or through Facebook or Instagram and let us know what their problem is and we'll get back with them. We thank you so much. Pray that you would touch the heart of the giver. We thank you in Jesus' name. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello. My name is Thelma. I am the director from Brokenness to Wholeness. From Brokenness, Brokenness to Wholeness is a faith-based, outreach, transformational, radical root ministry for those of sexual violence, rape, domestic violence, private pain, secret pain, grief, relationship, and even some information for those that are married that does not know. From brokenness to wholeness cover a range area. Started uh, over seven years ago because I was a victim of rape and domestic violence, trauma, suicide, you name it, I was that. So the Lord placed a gift within me to help those who were broken to move from brokenness to wholeness. Bring your faith with you because you will need it. I hear some people say, I have lots of faith. But sometimes faith just is in people's mouth, but it's not in action. Let me say this. Aspiration. When you get up in the morning time, this is what you may want to say. Lord, help me to believe the truth about myself, no matter how beautiful it is. We seem to be able to believe the truth about others, but we can't look ourselves in the mirror and believe the truth about ourselves. We are beautiful, we're handsome, we are smart, we're great, we are intelligent, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, we are perfect from the inside out. I'm going to share some information with you at this time about purpose. But let me say a little prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. And thank you for those that may listen to this podcast and that it may be a help to them. I pray that you will lead them into their purpose. Because some people may be like I was, just simply did not did not recognize that what they was already doing was purpose. Help them to understand that purpose is usually about helping others and it's usually very fulfilling and make one happy. I thank you for the great opportunity to serve your people. I pray that they will have a better life after hearing something in this podcast that will help them. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Now, I just started walking in my purpose seven years ago. And my 
thought is, I wish I had known this 40 years ago. But the thing about it, most of my purpose, and you will find this with yourself too, most of my purpose, I was already doing it. I was empowering people, inspiring them, encouraging them, praying for them, fasting for them. It was always about other people. I was already helping the people in the city where I live, in the state where I live, and some states outside of where I live, and some cities outside where I live, because the words that I spoke was powerful, and it made a difference in their life. But when God got ready to get my attention, he got it. He knew how to get your attention. He knew that I had been raped at 16. He knew the pain that I suffer after then. When when we speak of pain of rape, most of the time we're talking about emotional pain, psychological pain. Sometimes we could be talking about physical pain also, but this pain I'm talking about is emotional, psychologically. I was sick and didn't know I was sick. And that's why I was sick so long, because I didn't know I was sick. I knew I had been raped. But I had no no information whatsoever about rape and how it affects you. Knowledge, a lack of knowledge, can be deadly. This is what I say sometimes. The knowledge that you have can help you, but the knowledge that you don't have can hurt you. And that's what it did. My mom never said anything about, watch out, somebody may try to rape you. But now she did tell my sister and myself to save ourselves because one day we will get married. We may want to get married, so we want to save ourselves for a um, husband. So in a book that I hope to release not many days hence, I have a note in there to my mother. And I say to her, Mama, because she's been deceased a long time, and I say, Mama, you told us to save ourselves for our husband, but you forgot to tell us that there may be a rapist out there We try to make sure that that didn't happen. Because if she had told me something, I think I would have been able to fight him. I don't know if I would have won, but power of knowledge would have given me the ability to fight him back. But I don't even know what he wanted I, I'm serious. I came out of Mississippi, out of the Delta part of Mississippi, where they knew very, very little. So when I was a candidate of knowing very little. So I didn't know much. I never heard. I didn't know what this guy wanted. I didn't know what he was doing. But anyway, I suffered with that for years until the Lord manifested the gift that he has in me for wholeness. The first victim that the gift made whole was me, and after that point, the gift went to reaching outside and blessing others to move from brokenness to wholeness. But your purpose is something to me, as I think of it now. It is something that you do so well. Everybody else think you so good in it until it's pitiful. You think it's nothing because you do it so well. Your purpose is you. Is who you are. 
You don't have to be perfect. He'll take care of all of that. So don't ever tell him what you can't do. I don't have this education. I want to get this degree. And then I can do that. That's probably not what he wants you to do. He wants you to do what you're already doing. You might be, your purpose may be cooking. You may be a good cook. And you may make biscuits so good until all the grocery store will buy all that you have instead of selling what they already have. You may be a seamstress. You may be a, be a beautician. Whatever it is, it's going to bring you in contact with people to help people. And you'll do it so smoothly. And another thing about purple. Purpose is very powerful. Purpose will make you happy. And as, as I said earlier, purpose is very fulfilling. When, you, when your purpose manifests itself in you, and you may say, well, I don't have this. Just obey the inner voice. The inner voice is going to lead you. If you don't have it, it's going to lead you to someone that does have it. And if that someone does not have it anymore, he's going or she's going to give you a phone number and the name of a person. Go see this person. They do that now. Or go over here and see this person. They do that. They'll be good for you. Your purpose is your divine work. It was what God created you for. Everyone has a purpose. But a many people die not never knowing their purpose. You like to do it. If you don't do your purpose and you say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So I'm going to get me a bachelor's. I'm going to get me a master's. And then I'm going to get my Ph.D. And when I get my Ph.D., then I'm going to do this. So you go on and get all of that, and then you go and do what you think you want to do and find out that it's not fulfilling. You may be making a little money, but it's not filling you up. You're not happy with it. Purpose has a reputation for making you happy. I wish that anyone else, everyone in this world, will walk in that purpose. Like some of the tips I gave you, you will love it. It simply will make you happy. Even to talk about it, you start getting happy. I can sit here and start sharing with you some of the testimony that the women had that has come through from brokenness to wholeness after being sick for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, on up to 90 years. I can sit here and tell you about that. Do you know that'll make me happy? Do you know that'll start? I can start feeling myself, filling up, because I feel so good. It's so powerful. And, and, and always keep an encouraging word for yourself and for someone, too. People love to be encouraged. People love to be inspired. People love to be empowered. You also would love to feel those things about you every day. Wake up every day and say an aspiration word to you. Like, Lord, thank you for saving me for myself, for myself, and I thank you for saving me from him who came to destroy me. That's encouraging. Oh, Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for the breath that I'm breathing. 
You will love your purpose. You probably been doing it all the time. You may be a doggone good driver. Who can nobody drive like you? And you may be transferring people all over this city, all out of town. That's a good driver. If that's your purpose, because you'll be meeting people, you'll be learning them, they'll be able to learn from you, you'll be able to learn from them, and you all can help each other. Your purpose is something that you love. It's something that's real cool and real easy until you go like, I didn't know I do like to do it, and people say I'm good at it, but I didn't know it was this easy. Purpose is easy. I hope I said something that helped you. I hope that you will walk in your purpose so you can be happy and give give others direction on how to discover that purpose. Thank you for listening. Take care.